Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to another episode of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Jokey. Uh, today on the podcast, we will be previewing this Sunday's matchup between the 6-3 and three Cleveland Browns and the 6-3 and three Pittsburgh Steelers, a huge divisional matchup in the AFC North. Uh, as it stands right now, uh, both teams are just on the outside uh, of the first place Baltimore Ravens, who, uh, as we are recording, are playing the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday Night Football, but I cannot do this on my own. I got my co-host Jackson McCurry alongside me. Jack, how are we doing today? Doing well, man. Uh, obviously, what happened like 36 hours ago as we were recording, uh, still kind of in shock of what uh, the news, but you know we got to move forward. We're moving on to Pittsburgh. Got Cincinnati and Baltimore on the TV. Hopefully, this turns out to be a good game so far. Uh, Baltimore is up. We'll see how the game goes, but I'm doing well, man. How about you? Doing pretty well. Work starting to get into the the crazy time of the year with the holidays. So, right, you know, it's it's going to be a fun time with that. But when the first thing, let's start this podcast podcast out with is some positive news. And today we found out that this Sunday will be the return of Jim Donovan to the radio booth. And I thought that we should start with that because, you know, after what's gone on over the last uh, 36 hours or so, the we should sprinkle in some positivity. And today we learned that he will be back in the radio booth on Sunday for the Browns and Steelers game and then back to work on Monday. And it's just uh, a tremendous thing to have uh, Jim you know, call the games uh, whenever he's able to. And, you know, hopefully this means that his treatment is progressing very well. And uh, hopefully he'll be able to call the rest of the season for the Browns. Yeah, most definitely. Like he called the opener and then made the announcement at the end of the game that he was going to step away to continue his treatment. He's been uh, dealing with this uh, since earlier in the year and he had to do some uh, an aggressive form of treatment. So he hasn't been on TV, hasn't done the radio, uh, but that was that was great news. I just sat down for lunch at work, uh, scrolling X and and seeing that. And, you know, I got emotional just because we have missed Jim Donovan's voice on the radio hearing those uh, exciting calls. Um, kudos to the people that's, that filled in for him during these last couple of months. Chris Rose, Andrew Siciliano, Paul Keels, uh, last week, Tom McCarthy. Uh, they all did an admirable job, but uh, it, it's nothing nothing can replace Jim Donovan. He has been the voice of the Browns uh, since the return in 99. There's been so many countless memories uh, and so many countless calls with him. Uh, so it's going to be great to hear his voice on the radio this weekend. And I think that's That gives a positive boost uh, around the team uh, for sure, because obviously what happened on Wednesday with Deshaun's injury announcement, having Donovan back, I think is going to give a boost to the, uh, not only to the franchise, but to the fan base as well. Yeah, I I just feel like maybe I could share my first memory of, of Jim or like remember hearing Jim and this might be the most like random thing that I remember, but uh, especially for the situation. So when I was younger, I was in a hospital lot with asthma and whatnot. And the one day um, I was being transported from a hospital near where I live down to Rainbow uh, Babies and Children's Hospital. And I remember listening to him call the Browns Steelers game in the ambulance on the whole ride down uh, to Cleveland. 
Um, and I remember the Browns uh, ended up winning that day. I can't remember what year it was. I think it was 2000 or, or 2001, but that's just kind of my first memory of, of Jim Donovan. Yeah, I mean, like I've said it before, like 07 is when I really got into the Browns. Um, so there was a lot of a good memories that year, obviously going 10 and six, but I mean, everybody knows run William Braun, um, the Donovan people's Jones call and the, uh, comeback win against Cincinnati, uh, his call when the Browns clinched the playoffs in 2020, when he said, the only thing missing is all of us meaning the full stadium. Cause there was only allowed like 10 or 12,000 that day. Uh, um, but there's been so many countless calls that I can remember. And, you know, honestly, like. It hasn't been the same with when Doug Deacon retired, Nathan Zagura has done a, a great job uh, replacing him, but just even when the Browns were bad hearing, you know, Donovan call a game and then you can hear Deacon uh, just growing or groan in the background. It was just, it was so funny, but yeah, those two were a great duo. Donovan and Zagura have been a great duo. Uh, it was for the one game, but obviously it was a, another home opening win, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just going to be good hearing Donovan's voice again on the radio Sunday as I'm coming back home from work. Yeah, absolutely. And we could use all those positive vibes uh, with him returning, you know, with everything that's gone on. And, you know, shortly after we finished our episode uh, yesterday for the emergency podcast talking about Deshaun Watson and, you know, questioning who's going to start, the Browns announced that Dorian Thompson Robinson will be starting the game on Sunday. Now, you know, the first game that he played in this, this season was a rough one against Baltimore, but. You know, that really wasn't the, the game plan, but this week he will have a full week of practice before leading into the game against Pittsburgh. He looked really good in the regular season, did not look good in that game against Baltimore, but uh, I, I think that having a, a full week under his belt of practice, taking all those reps this week should make a difference. And, you know, he must be doing really well in practice uh, to, I think, be able to, you know, have this opportunity given to him again. And we'll see how it shakes out. You know, obviously the Pittsburgh defense is really tough, but, you know, what are your thoughts with the Browns deciding to go with DTR over PJ Walker uh, for the short term here? Um, Honestly, not surprised just because even though they went two and one when PJ had to fill in for Deshaun, you could just tell that the turnovers were an issue. Um, It's just, he wasn't accurate throwing the football. I heard, Nathan Zagura was saying on CBD, it was like 49% completion percentage, five interceptions, only one touchdown. He just wasn't performing well, despite the fact that the team around him was performing well. They managed to pull off two, two victories in Indianapolis and at home against San Francisco. And it always, I always thought they're going to give DTR another shot at the opportunity ever presented itself. Uh, I heard Jeff Floyd, uh, our buddy on lockdown Brown said that he had heard that had Deshaun not been able to go against Arizona, that it was going to be uh, DTR starting against the Cardinals. Cause I think, and I think that would have been a good environment for him uh, getting his feet wet again, getting another uh, chance to start an NFL game, albeit against a terrible team like Arizona, something that could build his confidence. So it does not surprise me that they're going with DTR again. Um, I think there's more of an upside. There's a higher ceiling with DTR and there's still the unknown, the Baltimore game, anybody making judgments on DTR and there's some in the media that are doing it. I think it's lazy. I think it's BS to judge 
your evaluation, so to speak, on DTR after him getting shoved out there for two or two and a half hours uh, with very little prep work. Yes, he got the reps in practice that week, but everybody thought Deshaun was going to play. We'll see how DTR performs. I, I At this point, Anthony, as being six and three, despite everything we've been through, anything else after this, I think it's just, it's, it's extra money on the house, honestly. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think Stefanski and Van Pelt will have a solid game plan that'll fit what DTR uh, can do instead of trying to fit him into what Deshaun could do, because it's, it's unfair to compare Deshaun, who was our franchise quarterback to a fifth round pick like DTR. Yeah, it really is. And I wanted to ask you too. So, you know, the Browns are sitting at six and three, you know, with where they are with eight regular season games remaining. I would tend to think that, you know, there's a good chance that they'll be favored in, in most uh, of the games uh, that remain on the schedule. Does everybody get a pass here if the Browns, you know, go three and five, you know, four and four and miss the playoffs? Does everybody, you think, get a pass with everything that's gone on this season? Uh, I wouldn't say a pass. Um, I just think that, you know, the I think the expectation is still to get a a wild or a wild card spot, a playoff spot. Um, oh crap, Lamar Jackson's down. That's crazy. Sorry, I'm trying to focus on this, but just seeing that on the TV. Um, I don't think it's essentially everybody gets a pass. Do I think Stefanski and Barry are back next year? Yes, but if things go sideways and they go three and five or worse down the stretch. We know what Jimmy Haslam's uh, done in his time as owner. You know, he's not afraid to make a change. And if this thing falls apart, somebody's going to have to be held accountable, unfortunately. But I just don't expect it. I think we talked about this um, even yesterday when the Deshaun news went down. I don't expect the team to, to pack it in. I think, you know, with the leadership we have on this team, from the players to the coaches, I just don't expect things to pack it in. If DTR struggles, I think they'll put PJ bank in there, especially if it's a close game. And if DTR has thrown a couple interceptions or a fumble or something, they'll make the switch. It happened in Indy when Deshaun threw one pick and the other one almost happened again. Obviously the shoulder wasn't right, but I don't think Stefanski's afraid to, you know, make the switch if DTR struggling out there and they need a spark. Yeah, and, you know, thankfully we have this defense that we do have, uh, which hopefully will keep us in every game, you know, moving forward for the rest of the regular season. Looking at the injury report for this game, uh, obviously it's a lengthy one for the Browns, and we'll go through it here. So um, David Bell limited practice with a knee injury. Uh, Delpit got uh, some non-injury-related rests. Michael Dunn, uh, who the Browns designated to return, off of IR, it was a full participant in practice last two days. Uh, Marquise Goodwin still out with a concussion. Uh, Dewan Jones' knee injury was limited in practice today, did not practice yesterday, so uh, signs are looking positive there. Uh, Greg Newsom, groin injury, limited yesterday, full practice today. Uh, Njoku got some uh, rest uh, yesterday and today, it looks like. Okoronko, limited with a groin. Wyatt Teller uh, was a, did not practice yesterday, practiced today. Thornhill has not practiced uh, yesterday or today. 
Uh, Denzel Ward and Alex Wright both were limited yesterday, but full uh, practice today. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Pat Firemuth uh, is coming back. It looks like he'll be ready to go on Sunday. He was a full participant in practice. Cam Hayward's been dealing with the groin injury. He was limited in practice today. Deontay Johnson, uh, who came back last week, I believe it was, was a full participant in practice. Uh, Keanu Neal, Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, who both did not play last week, and I think Fitzpatrick's been out for a couple games. Uh, both uh, were uh, did not practice today, and their defensive coordinator said that both are looking to be game time decisions. So, going through that, obviously some you know key injuries on both sides uh, of the ball here. But I, I think what the positive thing for the Browns, Jack, is that Dewan Jones uh, with facing T.J. Watt, uh, hopefully is trending in the right direction to maybe play on Sunday. Yeah, I think you know I think the plan always was for him to be ready for Pittsburgh for this game on Sunday. So obviously he was out last week. James Hudson filled in, did a okay job um, for him at right tackle. Now, obviously, if Jones can come back, Hudson will slide over and play left tackle. Um, they may go with Garon Christian again. Who knows? I don't know what the plan would be there. Maybe Hudson's more suitable just to be the swing guy, uh, the sixth lineman, just in case. But uh, yeah, getting De- DeWan Jones back out there is, I think, key, especially going up against. Uh, the likes of Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt for sure. They're they're one of the better pass rushing duos. Uh, but getting Jones back out there, obviously his first career start was against Pittsburgh back in week two. He played well uh, for the most part. I think he gave up one 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 of the six sacks, uh, if I recall. But he's been probably the best offensive tackle or offensive line rookie uh, in the NFL this year, and it, it'd be a boost to get him back out there because. Uh, the Browns need all the horses they can they can have up front for sure come Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. You know, getting the offensive line healthy, uh, you know, with everything that's been going on, will will be extremely important. And hopefully, DeWan will be able to make it out there this Sunday. Take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they are six and three on the season. Uh, they are winners of their last two games. Uh, they beat the Tennessee Titans twenty to sixteen last week. They they barely held on. Uh, it took an interception in the end zone as time expired to beat the Green Bay Packers 23 to 19. You know, it's kind of surprising a, a lot of people, I think, where they are in the season with how they have looked uh, to have this the six and three record, you know, with not playing, you know, certainly the best football at all. And, you know, still a lot of questions with Kenny Pickett and everybody. But, you know, all Pittsburgh does is win. And that's a lot of credit to Mike Tomlin and what they're able to do. Uh, every single year with them they, they compete uh they compete very hard and you know it looks like it'll be another year of not being under 500 you know for the Pittsburgh Steelers so when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers as a whole jack you know i know the offense doesn't like jump out and scare you obviously their defense is always where it's been uh they did suffer a big loss losing Quan Alexander a linebacker uh, for the rest of the season uh, so he will not play on sunday but you know, when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers team as a whole, where do you currently stand, even though they are six and three uh, right now in second place in the AFC North? Yeah, it's honestly amazing that they've been able to be where where they're at so far through nine games. I mean, defensively, you know, we know the standard. They've always had a dominant defense, no matter what, in our lifetimes. Um, you know, my offensively, 
they are what they are. They're really, they're not a good offense. Like the last couple of weeks, their running game has really taken off. Uh, 371 rushing yards in the last two games combined them finally utilizing Jalen Ward more to, you know, pair him up with Najee Harris. They, they dominated green Bay's defense running the ball last week. Kenny Pickett is who he is. I, I, I don't understand why the Pittsburgh media loves him so much. I know he's from there, went to, went to college there, but he's not a good NFL quarterback. Um, the one good thing he doesn't, he, he does Anthony's, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's only thrown four picks this year. Uh, but I just, it, it's amazing that they still just find ways to win. It's like every week, me and my buddy, Jake always say, how does Pittsburgh keep winning? Like they're six and three, they shouldn't be six and three with that offense. It, it's just amazing to me. But like you said, credit goes to Mike Tomlin, who, a lot of people think is overrated as a, as a head coach. And I just look at people and I'm like, how do you figure that the dude has won 64% of his games uh, in, in the 17 years as a head coach? Yes. They haven't been uh, to the playoffs in a couple years. They haven't won a super bowl since uh, 2008. And that was all with a lot of cowards guys, but the guy, the I don't coach think they've won seems- a playoff game since 2016. Dude, so uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, 2016 was the last time they won a playoff game. But like, they're always going to be a good team. Like, even if Pickett doesn't work out, they go f- try to find another quarterback and try to make it work again. Like, but the defense is always going to be there. And Tomlin just—he's the all—he's one of the better m- motivators in NFL history. Like, he's literally Turk taken, and pardon my language, folks, he has taken chicken shit and turned it into chicken salad some years because we've been saying the last couple of years, the Steelers are going to fall apart. The Steelers are going to fall apart. And they still managed to have winning, winning season after winning season. Like, it, it's amazing. I, I still can't believe they're six and three, uh, but here they are. And they're just like the Browns. If Baltimore loses tonight and you know, whoever wins the game on Sunday is going to be first place in the division. And I would be absolutely baffled if it was the Pittsburgh Steelers after Sunday. Yeah. I think Mike Tomlin has been the one thing holding it all together in Pittsburgh for so long. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, it's just a credit to what he's done. And, you know, if the Steelers fired him today, uh, people would hire him yesterday. That's how good of a head coach he is. And, uh, you talk about Kenny Pickett, last five games, has not thrown an interception. Uh, on the other side of that, he's only thrown two touchdown passes in those last five games. So, you know, it, we'll see what Kenny's able to do. I know, you know, uh, I think he was picked off once or twice against the Browns uh, in the first game this season. Um, we'll see what this defense will, will be able to muster up against them. You know, it's always uh, a, a good matchup when these two teams get together. The betters uh, seem to think this is going to be a very low-scoring game because the over-under, I think the last I saw was 32-and-a-half, which is the lowest uh, total uh, points uh, for uh, opening bet in quite some time in the NFL. It's more like a Iowa-Northwestern game if you really want to uh, dig it with a point total <laughs> that low. So uh, a lot of people think this one will be low-scoring this Sunday, and it's going to come down to the defenses on both sides, obviously because you know the Browns are missing so much on offense. But you know if the defense on either side can force to make turnovers, and it's, and that's kind of what decided the first game between these two uh, in Week Two on Monday Night Football. 
uh, it's going to be up to the defenses to to win the game for either one of these teams. It's going to be a low scoring defensive battle, field position. Uh, we'll see, you know, how it all shakes out. But I, I think that uh, the, when you look at this game, the, the defenses are the strong suits of both teams. You know, regardless of the injuries and what's going on on offense on both sides, uh, the defenses are the strong suits. So. I think that's what's going to win, you know, this classic ASU North matchup. Yeah, you talked about the betting odds. Uh, the line, obviously, it was, I think at the beginning of the week, it was four, and it was still three and a half yesterday in the morning before the Watson injury. Then it's, it, Anthony, it shifted so much. I know, I think Wednesday night, it was Pittsburgh minus one and a half. I'm looking at it right now on DraftKings. It's Cleveland minus one and a half. Um, the over, like you said, the over under is so low. It's like a, it's like a crappy big 10 game. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's going to come down to the defenses. It's going to come to defense and special teams. Uh, We know what these offenses are. They both run the ball. Well, Pittsburgh's starting to really uh, start to pick it up, running the ball for sure. Like I mentioned, Um, you know, using Warren and Harris, we're going to use Ford and hunt. Maybe they sprinkle in Pierre strong, which I think they absolutely need to for the speed element, but this is going to come down to defense and it's going to come down to which offense is going to blink first to make a mistake. I think, you know, Steelers have done a good job protecting the football. The Browns haven't so much across the entire year, but I think recently they've done a better job of protecting the football while also creating turnovers on the defensive side. So I'm with you. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Uh, It's probably going to come down to a a field goal. Obviously we got Dustin Hopkins, who's been, been great all year. I think pro bowl, even all pro considerations really need to start being talked about with him. And I think that might be the best move. Andrew Barry made all off season was solidifying the kicking position. Uh, and Pittsburgh's got a pretty good kicker as well. So um, this is going to be a fun game to watch. It might be an ugly game to watch, but I know, and I mentioned it on Sports for CLE when I was on Thursday afternoon, Cleveland Stadium is probably going to be the loudest it's been in a long time, uh, especially with the magnitude of this game, the magnitude of the rivalry, and potentially first place on the line in the AFC North. Yeah, it's good. it's going to be electric on on Sunday, that's for sure. And uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. If you had to pick one one key to the game uh, for this Sunday, uh, what would that be for you? Um, it's got to be DTR minimizing his mistakes. Obviously, you know Baltimore got him to uh, be uncomfortable throwing three interceptions. He was sacked numerous times. Uh, I think it, that's when it comes to the the offensive line, you know, giving him time to make plays, you know, obviously DTR is mobile. He can extend, extend the pocket, extend plays with his legs, but he's got to minimize the turnovers, minimize the mistakes. Um, you got to take what the defense is going to give you. If there's an open guy like an Amari Cooper down the sideline or Najoku in the middle of the field, you gotta, you gotta be on point and make those throws. Um, if there's something not there, run with it, throw it away. Uh, just protect the football. I think if DTR does that, um, because the Browns did not do it in the first matchup, four turnovers, uh, then I think we're going to be in a position to win because I think we can run the football. Jerome Ford did it quite well, uh, including that 69-yard run that set up a touchdown in in week two. They can run the ball, and if the defense keeps playing the way it has all season, uh, I think the Browns are going to be a good situation to win the game. Yeah, I think so too. And you talked about, you know, the Browns running the football. 
you know, in week two, you know, before Nick Chubb went down with that injury, he had 64 yards. Uh, the Browns finished as a team with 198 on the ground uh, in, in that week two matchup. You know, Ford finished with one 106. So, you know, they showed earlier that they were able to run the ball, and, you know, that's probably going to be what they're going to have to do for the rest of the season with, you know, not having Deshaun Watson there, a quarterback, and they do have an offensive line, you know, that is able to to push people. Obviously, we got to get healthy there too, but if the Browns are able to to run the ball and, and continue to be uh, the league leader in time of possession, um, you know, that'll be extremely important if they're going to stay in some of these games. Yeah, and they have to be, they have to be physical. We see it on Sunday against Baltimore. We talked about it um, when we recapped the game. The Browns got out physical for so long against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And then Sunday, you know, even though they were down, the Browns got physical, they got nasty, and they out-bullied Baltimore. They got to do it against Pittsburgh, too. I mean, we see what happened in week two. You know, things got ugly offensively they you know pittsburgh's defense forced turnovers the offensive line's gonna have to step up it's gonna have to be physical it's gonna have to find a way to stop tj watt stop alex highsmith stop cam hayward and i think that's gonna be the biggest key to that's gonna be another big key to victory is if you can out bully pittsburgh the way you out bullied baltimore then uh i think the browns are finally gonna show everybody that they're gonna be the new dogs in town that's for sure all right, official prediction for Sunday. What do you got? I had 23-20 Browns like all week, but I'm going to bring it down just a little bit and say Browns win. I'm going to say 20 to 17. Yeah, it's going to be a low scoring one. Uh that would obviously hit the over uh in the way the betting is right now. I I'm going to continue to do this because it's been working <laughs> for us. So I'm going to pick the Steelers uh, this week, and I will say Pittsburgh wins this matchup by a field goal. I will say 19 to 16. So uh, lots of field goals uh, this weekend, but, uh, you know, we'll go for the reverse psychology on, on this one. I like it. It's been working, so we might it, as well keep the has, rolling. It has been working, and, and I'll take it. All right, uh, with all that, we're going to get on out of here. And I just wanted to say before we got out of here, um, I just haven't stopped laughing at RG3. So I just seen another post from him. <laughs> like, really wanting to play for the Browns. Uh, he, he posted a, one that, that classic meme of the guy walking with his girlfriend and then looking, he's looking at another girl while she's looking at him, where the the girl on the right is a TV booth and him looking at the girl is winning a Super Bowl with the with the Cleveland Browns in that defense. So I just want to <laughs> say kudos to, to RG3 for really putting himself out there trying to, you know, get signed by the Browns. He's trying, man. I just, we saw what happened when RG3 was here the last time. Now I know that was all complete teardown rebuild, but he was not good. He hasn't been good since his rookie year. When he had that knee injury, it just, it completely shattered his whole NFL career, which was promising, obviously winning the Heisman at Baylor and that unbelievable rookie year, but man, just give it up. I mean, this is no slight to him and Cam Newton and guys still trying to get in the league, but 
honestly, like you look at the tail end of their careers, just not, they were not good. And it, there's a reason why teams quit calling is because you just were not as good as you once were. And that's, that's, un, I mean, it's unfortunate because they were both mega talents at one point, but you know, the dream is dead on both of those. I know some people have floated that they floated Cam Newton out as a potential uh, quarterback option for the Browns, but I, I just don't see it looking at how the end of their careers went. Yeah, it's funny. I I just, I just was looking at that meme that RG three posted, and you know, and right. the replies of LeBron was like, "Take Cam Newton with you." Oh, I had totally forgot about that name. So yeah, um, you know, it it's, is. it's crazy. But uh, you know, I, I think you know we'll give it our best shot with DTR, and if the Browns and Andrew Barry think there's somebody else out there that could. Help us out, you know. They'll try and and make that move. Obviously, the trade deadline is passed, so uh, you know options are limited at this moment. But you know they won't stop turning uh, over every single rock to see how how things are. But with all I, that, I, I guess maybe maybe Justina Anderson was right, and we should just keep an eye on Josh Rosen. Oh boy. <laughs> That was who I actually wanted us to draft years ago. Oh, uh, I remember. I, I remember. Don't ever. You weren't the only one though, so I'm not gonna. Don't ever let me evaluate quarterbacks. It's just one thing I can't do. Uh, You're telling me, and <laughs> I liked Brandon Wheaton. I think we all talked ourselves into Brandon Wheaton at one and, point, and, and I liked Sam Darnold. And so you know, Brandon Wheaton was doomed at the beginning when he got tackled by the American flag. He, he, that, yeah. We knew it was downhill from there. So, all right. Maybe if we, maybe we could bring out the, the, the quarterback Jersey list. No, as, no, we're not going that bad. A, we're going to bring out the quarterback Jersey list as our quarterback uh, moving forward. Well, maybe that's what we can do. <laughs> maybe that could bring us some luck. All he's got to do is hand off the ball. Right. But, uh, with all that, Jack, we're going to get on out of here. I'm sure we'll be back on Sunday or, or Monday post game uh, to talk yep. about uh, the Cleveland Browns and hopefully another victory um, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it'll remains to be seen, but I, it'll be a good game, I think. And uh, I know uh, Cleveland Brown Stadium is going to be absolutely electric uh, at that game on Sunday. So with all that, follow Jack on Twitter at Jack, Jack McCurry08. Me on Twitter at Anthony Jokey, J-O-K-I. The Dogland on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads at the Dogland handle. And with all that, we are going to get out of here. And remember, most importantly, everybody, go Browns.